when my next guest came to me, I looked up her website and went to things and I kept seeing that she had something called the 6570 Family Project. And I thought, what is that? I've never heard of that. And this project is around, as you guessed it, something with the number of days we have with our children. Well, that is how many days we have in the first 18 years of our child's life. And she talks about how that project is built around the idea that we are the architects of the beginning of our child's life. Everything we do as adults ultimately comes back to these crucial and formative first 18 to 20 years in some way. And we as parents have the profound opportunity to build a strong foundation that will support them through it all. You are going to fall in love with Nellie and all her wisdom from being a psychologist, a biologist, and of course, a mother of four. Nellie Hardin is an author, speaker, and family life and leadership coach who focuses on helping parents love and lead their teen and tween daughters in a way that teaches them to love and lead themselves while building a strong foundation of worth, esteem, and confidence all before they leave home. She is a wife, a mom to four teenage daughters, a retired homeschool parent, and an adventure chaser. Her career is in biology and psychology with years of personal family and faith leadership development and a diverse behavior background from humpback whales in the South Pacific to teens and parents in homes across the world. She believes in a life of intention, making dreams and goals realities, and knows that the best way to change the world is through one living room at a time. Come along, friend. Let's grow. You know those days where you just feel so overwhelmed and tired from all the busy and you just want to multiply the time you do have to create more time for intentional words and family dinners and quality time together? And do you just need to know that you really can keep your family close and your faith strong in today's world? Welcome to Families That Stick Together. Just step right over the random pile of clothes, turn right past the paper still out from last week's school project, maybe don't look at the sink, and make yourself at home, friend. I'm your host, Jennifer, wife to my high school sweetheart, mama four, and creator of Together Moments, where we took our same worries and figured out the answer to slowing down, keeping family time a priority, and creating deep connection through solid communication, even among all the busy. The answer is to gather moments, and we want to come alongside your family as you lay your foundation. If you're ready for time to slow down, intentional moments to overflow, and all of this to feel easy in your real life, then welcome, friend. With your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee, I can't wait to spend my time with you. Now, my mom, whose first concert was New Kids on the Block, Jennifer Zumbiel. It is almost Memorial Day, which means summer is here. And with that comes our children home and more time for us to see them, more time for the eye contact, the voices to be heard, and also more time for them to have more time, which means they're going to be hearing a lot. Our children hear a lot of voices out there. Will yours be the loudest? 
How do you know? How do you know that they will listen to you before they listen to everything else? I know that you want your voice heard. You don't want your children listening to everything else that's out there. That's why we have connection tools for busy moms who want quality over quantity, time to gather at the dinner table, intentional conversation to be easy, and kids who trust them more than they trust the world. We have tools for you to love your families so well and to do it in all the small moments. If you have not tried to gather conversation stickers and other products like our note cards and our placemats, head over to togethermoments.com. Use the code SUMMER23 for free shipping right now through the end of June, and we will get those over to you so that your voice really truly can be the loudest this summer. Welcome to Families That Stick Together, Nelly. I am really excited you reached out and we got to meet. I understand that we met because one of your friends, Sarah, who is a listener, hello, Sarah, (laughs) recommended that you reach out. And I appreciate that so much because it made our paths cross. I get introduced to you. You get to share all your wisdom with our audience. So thank you so much for being here and just getting in touch with me and asking if we can make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I love having these conversations with amazing people like you. Oh, well, thank you. Likewise. <laughs> so Nellie, tell us about your background, how and why have you built a business and mission around helping families grow, grow strong by loving their tween and teen daughters so intentionally? Well, that's such a loaded question. I'm 44 years old, so I feel like I could you know, fill 44 books with that answer. But I mean, it really started um, looking back, hindsight's 2020, right? And it it started right from the beginning. I lost my dad super early in life. I was only nine months old when he was in an accident and then he passed away. And so then it was my mom and I, and then there was, she was remarried. I had a brother and sister. Um, and then all through that, it was just a, it was a difficult, but beautiful road in childhood, you know, to go through. But what happened is throughout everything, I I really wasn't set up because I didn't know. And let's face it, it was the nineties and parents didn't know then either. Right. How to really set up this inner foundation of worth, esteem and confidence for their young women, especially, but their kids in general, before they left home. And that for me then left me really vulnerable to chasing worth everywhere I went. And it's been amazing so much to speak with other, you know, women and other parents and other moms uh, now as it's such a common story. When they left home, they were chasing worth. And that's what happened to me. And it really led me down some very difficult paths, some very dark paths that then took decades of healing to get over. And it really shaped my life in some not so good ways in the beginning, but then, you know, everything can be used for good and then finding the way it could be used and uh, doing that now. And so I was a young woman that wasn't ready. And then I was thrown into a situation where I needed a lot of healing and had to build this foundation in adulthood, which is really hard 
because this foundation and everyone leaves childhood with a foundation, whether it's faulty, whether it's frail, whether it's strong, and it really cures like cement, right? And so if you're trying to change it as an adult, it's like taking a jackhammer to what you know and trying to change it. And for many years, possibly the rest of your life, that initial reflex is still going to go back to your roots and what you know, even if you've done so much work to change that. And then you have to be like, nope, I'm not going to think that way. That's not going to be my, you know, my core belief. Uh, this is what I've decided. Right. So that's a lot of work. So then in my life, I've gotten into a lot of leadership work, a lot of faith development work, family development work. And in that my kids who I have four daughters were coming with me uh, to conferences and speakerships and all of this. And I started noticing these really deep, beautiful conversations that I was able to have with them even young. And my own husband went into cardiac failure in 2008 to 2010. And it was, it was a lot. He had to have heart surgery and we had to have really big talks with them then because we didn't know if he was going to make it. So I started understanding, wait a second, all of this leadership training and uh, development training, personal faith, uh, education, all of that, that we get as adults, we can have these actual conversations and development in childhood in a different context, their brains are different, right? But it can be there and prepare them for life much better than what we have been doing culturally for a while. And so I started working on that with my own kids and seeing these pretty profound differences that were happening. And then in 2012, I was, I mean, for lack of a better word, I was really just called into, okay, you've been working on this with your yourself with your family, with your daughters, now it's time to go share it. And that's what I've been doing ever since and working in family disciplines and it's massaged, it's been massaged and, and um, worked over time that I've really gotten into the, you know, smaller subset of working with parents that are raising daughters in the second half of childhood. And it's been a beautiful thing. Wow. Thank you for sharing all that with us. <laughs> I, goodness, I, <laughs> wrote a couple of things down that I wanted to follow up on. And I feel like we can make an episode on all of those. I wanted to just jump to something. You said you chased worth everywhere I went. And mm -hmm. when we look around our culture today and we're trying to raise our families and we have all these things battering our children and it's, it, it it seems that every stage gets worse and worse. I look back, my oldest is 15, your oldest is 18. And we can look back and I know you agree that we didn't even anticipate these issues facing our children back then, even where we thought, oh, we know screens are a problem. We know they're being exposed to things, but then it's like, wow, all these things are catapulting at just crazy speed in all kinds of really just horrible morals <laughs> that yeah. we don't want our kids to think is right, right? We're trying to raise them in the faith and in scripture and what we know are God's truths and they're being bombarded. And I think what you said right there just really hit me, especially for our children in the teenage years is if we know they're going to chase worth everywhere they, or that's a possibility that people tend to chase worth everywhere they go, then why wouldn't we set up these safeguards and these boundaries at this young age to make them not even cross over to that because they know where their worth lies. So 
I'm glad you brought up that phrase because it makes all of us think even more what's at stake if we don't care and worry about and pay attention to this foundation. And here's the thing too. Everyone needs worth. It is one of the basic human needs that we have. And there's five pieces to that, okay, that you and I and everyone on this planet, and especially our teens and tweens, when their frontal lobes, which is where they do all their critical thinking, is very exposed, like live wire exposed right now the, to get into the biology biology side a little bit you know, the myelin sheath is not around there, which if you look at a wire, that's like the rubber coating around the outside. And if you didn't have that and all those wires are running behind your TV, you're going to have a fire, right? And so there are all these live exposed wires that are happening in here. And so these, these five pieces of worth, which I'll tell you in a second, are very exposed and amplified. And that is they need to be able to can be I, seen. Can I jump oh, in real quick? I just yeah, have a quick please. question. So what age is this? so strong in them where it is exposed? I'm talking about really like nine to 16 ish. Every child is different, right? So when, well, I'll get into that in a minute. So many things, so many thoughts, right? But when this is so exposed, right? So they need to know that they are seen, right? They are seen as a person. They are heard as a person. Their words have worth. Their ideas matter, right? So they need to be seen and heard. They need to know that they are loved. They need to know that they belong somewhere. And they need to know that they have a purpose. Now, that purpose can be short-term and it can be long-term, but it's something ahead. It is something they're working towards, something on their becoming journey. They're becoming something. And so seen, heard, love, belong, and purpose are really where we need to help fill this, uh, you know, this uh, foundation that I talk about that needs built in the second half of childhood. It's three tiers. That bottom bigger base is worth, and that's built out of those five things. And we need to help them build that internally, internally, kind of like the bones of a body, right? They can't be looking for them on the outside. They need to know that they have them internally. And the Lord is going to be able to fulfill those. But they don't, it's not enough to just say, which I've seen so many times. And, you know, I work in youth and I, I do speaking and I, I work with um, in youth communities. And it's not enough to say, just get in the word, read your Bible, right? Because they're just going to see that as a history textbook or another poetry textbook, whatever. They have to know how to read it. They need to know how to interpret that, right? And they need to know how to extrapolate from just this 2000 page book that you just slapped in front of them to say, how does this actually tell me that I'm worth anything, right? It's words on a page versus verses in your heart, right? And so helping them understand that you are seen by the creator, right? And parents are going to be the embodiment of that during childhood so that they can learn what that looks like from God. And I will say this too. We talked a little bit earlier. We did not come to faith until after all of my kids were born. And so I have lived on both sides of this bridge. I have lived on the side of it's all us. It's all on us. So we got to do everything. And if we don't do it, no, you know, no one else will to, we are preparing them for the world. We are preparing them for God to help them with the world. And so giving them this internal structure of you are seen, 
I hear you, right? What are your prayers? Someone hears your prayers, but more than that at the dinner table, I hear you when you come home from school and you're being all crazy because something emotional happened at school. I'm not going to be like, I don't want to hear it go away. I hear you. I hear the problem behind the hysterics, right? And that's our job. And then, you know, you belong and you are loved. They have to know they belong somewhere and they have to know they are loved and supported for who they are. And then they have a purpose to go somewhere. If you look at all of the problems and I've really challenged myself with this. And if you have one, you know, please tell me, but if you look at so many of the challenges and issues that are happening with our teens and tweens today, it boils down to one or more of those. They don't feel heard, seen, loved, belong, and they don't feel like they have a purpose. So they're chasing it out there instead of understanding it internally. Wow. You put that in a really good context and you laid that out so well to, to connect the dots for us. Thank you for that. I love that that's what you are, are teaching parents, moms about their foundation for their family. And I also know that you have some freebies that someone can go get off your website, right? That speak about what you're just saying. Absolutely. So there is a document called the five needs. So it's the five needs that your uh, daughter has right now that you didn't even know the five biggest ones. And so there's that one. And then there's also the daughter decoder, which really gets into this foundation that we're talking about today and walks you through the who, what, where, why, when, and even some how of that. So for the mom listening here who doesn't have the tween age child yet, she should still go look at this to know what's ahead and prepare herself, right? 100%. And here I want to just put a caveat in here. You know, so many people are like, oh, I don't have a 12-year-old or I don't have an 11-year-old, so it's not that, or I don't have a, you know, an official teenager. You guys, adolescence is starting earlier and earlier. I was at camp last year. I was a counselor, and one of the uh, main speakers there was talking about a study showing that adolescence over the over the past many millennia, right? It's been not millennia, centuries has been. You know, uh, it's like was a week. You know, when they were fourteen uh, in some cultures and in some ages, and then it was even just a hundred years ago. It was like fourteen to sixteen, right? That was your adolescence. Today, based on the stages of adolescence and what we're seeing generally as a culture in the United States, the range was six to 32, six to 32, because there are some people that are still exhibiting these stages of adolescence because they were not set up in a way that could serve them in their lives, right? And they're still 31, 32 years old and exhibiting adolescence. And I know you know some because I know I know, I know some, right? There's some people out there that you're like, oh yeah, I see that, right? But it happens earlier and earlier. And the more you can prepare as a parent for what is coming, the better you will be, the more awareness you can have. All of my work is exactly at the crossroads of biology, which we have to know as parents, what's going on in the brain. It's really easy to look at your 15-year-old or even your 10-year-old and say, they're just a short adult. They're not. They're literally a different developmental species than you right now. And so their brain is very, very different. The brain is structurally done growing at about nine years old. And then all of the connections and the pruning and the synapses start after that and, and really start getting into gear. You can think about it like this. If you build a house, right? 
we have, we live in a neighborhood. There's like six houses going up right now. So there's always construction and they put up the, the walls and, and the foundation and they get all of that. Right. And it's just the shell, the structure is there, but then all of the electrical, all of the plumbing, all of the, everything starts going in after that. That's what's really happening in the second half of childhood. So your child is definitely not done, you know, growing after the first half of childhood. Now we have a different job in the second half. And um, so it's it truly is this beautiful, like clay forming time that we get to be a part of that, right? They were formed in the womb, but then we as active participants in their life, their biggest impactors of childhood, we get to be a part of that, especially during the second half. This bonus question with Nellie comes to us from our Together for Family Dinner Family Discussion category. This sticker says, what are three luxuries you could easily give up and what are three luxuries you would have a hard time parting with? Now that's what the dinner sticker says, but for the sake of time here, you can just share one with us. All right. And one of each. Um, I would say one of the ones that would be easy for me to give up that would probably surprise a lot of people is actually my house. Um, we live in this big, beautiful house, but I am uh, somewhat of a nomad and I would love to just be able to go lots of places and um, houses are a lot of responsibility. So, but logistically for kids, we need it right now. And then one that would be hard giving up is probably my computer, honestly. And I don't say that because uh, social media is like one of the ones I could easily give up to, but I say that because I write. And so I write, I write talks and things like that. And my hand would get really broken if I tried to write it all down. So I say my computer would be hard to give up. So the computer is for word processing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's a good thought though. Yes. When you like to write things, I love to journal and do things like that, but I'll hit a threshold where I just need to start typing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And the thoughts come too fast, you know, so then my hand can go. That is true. Okay. So then I have one question about the luxury you could give up. Are you picturing yourself camping in lieu of the home? Um, (laughs) Are you a camper? (laughs) uh, I could definitely do camping. I'm a pretty low maintenance girl and we had an RV for a while that I loved. And so I could just, my husband and I might just like tiny home it for a while. We just love to adventure, get out and see the world that's been created for us and adventure and connect and serve. And so, yeah, I could just, I could live that life. That's awesome. Okay. So when you start doing that, we'll follow you around and do a show <laughs> on it or something. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Nellie, what would you say to a parent sitting here feeling like, oh shoot, I, I have to do something, but what is the best advice you give to her to really like, even if it's tough love advice, mm-hmm. you have got to pay attention to this. It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to think you need to go into some, you know, course to learn how to do it. But what do you say to her to make her really understand? Cause now you're seeing the fruits of what you have laid for your children because they are, you're getting ready to launch your oldest into adulthood out of childhood. And what, what would you say to her? First of all, take a deep breath. (laughs) It's going to be okay. And I I work with this a lot. Like my kid is 17 and, and they're, you know, off the rails. Is it too late? No, 
It is never going to be too late. Take a deep breath, pray about it. First of all, journal about it. It's so good to get things out of your head and out on paper. Then you can go burn it, throw it away, whatever, or keep it. I have an entire journal of like brain dumps and purge lists that I just need to get out of my head. Right. And I like to look back on them and because I just see answered prayers throughout the, throughout the time. Right. And laugh at myself sometimes that I was worried about something that never came to fruition. Like, why did I waste my time? Right. So just take a deep breath. You can do it, but you're going to have to be vulnerable. You're going to have to show up in a way that you might not have ever shown up before as a parent and just let them know, put your heart on the line and say, you know what? I love you. And I realize that it is my responsibility to help you get ready for this world and to help you understand your purpose in this world and to help you understand your worth and your value and have true belief in yourself in this world. And though I might not have seen it before, or though we might've had some issues before, I want you to know I am all in. I am all in and I want to help you do this. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for you and it's not going to be easy for me, but it's going to be much, much harder if we don't do this together. So will you do this with me? Right. And it's going to take you showing up and maybe saying, I messed up in the past, but that's okay because your kid needs to know and see you mess up and then make um, make good on that, right? To apologize for something, to stand up after you fell down. So they learn how to apologize and how to stand up after you fall down and how to resolve conflict. And they learn that from watching you. So you are going to have to show up in a more vulnerable way than you may have ever done before. And it's not going to be easy. It might be simple, but it's not going to be easy, but it will be so worth it. The vulnerability part is so important. It's something that I have hoped that our together stickers do for a family, because when you want to say something and it feels awkward, if the sticker tells you to do it, you do it. And it really is that I think we need to get as parents, we need to get beyond ourselves feeling, Oh, this conversation feels so weird to have, or I don't want to bring up this topic or what if, you know, I, she's not going to think I'm qualified to talk about this or whatever. We have to get over that. Like you said, just take a deep breath, pray about it, be vulnerable. And especially today, we cannot let those moments go by. I remember being in college and in a, like a Bible study group or something. And we were at a conference or whatever. And the leader said, if your heart's racing really fast, that's the Holy spirit telling you, you need to share. (laughs) And I think, you know, that shows up a lot in our parenting. And of course we could talk about discerning. (laughs) Is that the Holy spirit leading me to say this or whatever? But when you do, you know, as a parent, you feel that I, I better bring this up and talk about it. And chances are when you just open that door of that conversation, the other things come out and that your child is, it's like they sigh relief. Okay. I've been wanting to talk about this with you. I just didn't feel like I could. Right. Absolutely. And one of the best ways to do that, one of my uh, best pieces of advice for people is one-on-one time with your kids on a weekly basis. Could not emphasize that enough. My husband and I on Tuesday and Thursday nights from nine to nine 30, 
and let's face it, it usually goes longer, but from nine to nine 30, at least we go up. And so, um, our kids are on the second and third floors in our house. Cause we have so many kids. And so uh, they, on the, on Tuesday nights, we go up to the second floor and we swap week after week. So, you know, last night I was with my youngest and then next week I'll be with my oldest and it will go back and forth on Tuesdays. And then the twins are on Thursdays and we go back and forth. So they know every week I have one-on-one time with one of my parents and they know which one it is. And I tell you, it's the only night during nights during the week that that TV, whatever program we're watching as a family goes off at nine because they're like, Oh, it's one-on-one time, right? They get so excited about it and we're excited about it. And some of those nights are really hard. And some of them are so goofy. Last night, all my youngest wanted to do was watch like dog videos on Instagram. because She doesn't have Instagram. So she watches them on mine and we, you know, talk about it and laugh and we, you know, go through and I asked questions in the middle. So how is school going? You know, how's that friendship going with things? And we're able to talk while watching golden retrievers be silly on the phone. And so, and then sometimes it's just like eyeball to eyeball. I call them actually knee to knee conversations where, you know, one of my daughters and I are sitting, uh, you know, crisscross applesauce and our knees are touching and it's just like, okay, what's going on? Like, we need to get to the bottom of this. And other times it's just them venting about things. But no matter what, having that one-on-one time every week opens the door to things that you will not hear down in, you know, the family kitchen, down in the family living room, or even at the dining room table. Sometimes you need to have that time where it's just you and them to have those discussions. I have never heard anyone say that they have this scheduled time like that, where it's two days a week, you rotate. I love this so much. Tell me how long you've been doing this. And do you, do you, do your children just stop? If they're in the middle of homework, they just know we stop, we take the break and then we go back to homework or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. And so we started it years ago. Um, maybe seven, seven years ago. And what we started doing was actually Saturday morning breakfast. And it was mom and dad and uh, one of the girls. And then a, that got really expensive. (laughs) And I was like, I'm having like a seven course breakfast every Saturday. But what the big thing too, was it was still one on two. And even though it was mom and dad and mom and dad are always on the same page and that's not the thing. It's still more intimidating to have one on two than one on one. And, you know, my husband and I are different people. So how I talk to one of my daughters is different than how he talks to them. And so if they brought something up, then there might be some different approaches that were coming their way. And then it was getting confusing. So that was an issue. Plus it was then just once a month that they were seeing parents, you know, in that more um, intimate atmosphere. And I was like, we really need to do this weekly. And so uh, we've been doing weekly now for at least three years. And during the summer, it can get a little, you know, mush sometimes. And we might, you know, then just go down to the pool together or something like that. But during the school year, and let's face it, during the school year is when a lot of the drama and all of the things and stresses are happening anyway. During the school year, it is definitely structured Tuesday, Thursday, 9 to 930. And we've already talked about it. My oldest is going away to college next year and we're still going to keep it up. We're just going to be over Zoom uh, for when whoever has her for that week. And so we're keeping that structure because she's going to be having these, you know, uh, different experiences and things like that. And she doesn't want to lose connection and we don't either. So still going to be that one on one time every week. 
Okay. I don't think I can love this more. This is so wonderful. And actually you were saying the summer can turn to mush, but I was just thinking, oh, that feels like such a wide open, let's launch this for March or for, for March. I don't know why I'm in March <laughs> for summertime. And for everyone listening, think about that. Can you kind of make the start of summer break the start of this habit in your family? And it would be a great time to say, hey, I heard this on a podcast and I thought this was a great idea. Our family would be so good at this. It would be so much fun. Let's make it happen. And then you can see how your schedule works for the summer and and then, you know, carry it over for the school year. This is so great, Nellie. Thanks. Yeah, we just don't do night times during the summer. So it's usually then like a 10 o'clock in the morning thing or a lunch. I mean, you can go out to lunch with them once a week or something, but definitely keeping up the one-on-one time uh, is is imperative. Okay, everybody's gonna have to get your book because we need this conversation to continue, continue, continue. And obviously we can't, but <laughs> we're. I, I still wanna talk to you about a couple of things. What I really appreciate about you and this conversation and your expertise is that you come from having the background of biology, as well as psychology, as well as fully immersed into motherhood for 18 years, raising four daughters. It's it's awesome to have all that and for us to learn from you. And so I, I would love for you to just end. You've talked, you started out talking about the foundation of worth, esteem, and confidence in our children. And you w- went on to say, you know, Everyone's going to leave childhood with a foundation. What's it going to be? And just realize that's going to cure like cement. So, you know, if you don't take time to make it what you really hope and pray for your child, they might be undoing some things later and we don't want that. So tell us some things. If you could leave our listener with three tangible things And I know this might be hard to lump it for all age groups, but whether we have a younger daughter, you know, before that tween age or a teenager right now, what are three things we could do that would fit into our real life right now to ensure we give our daughters that foundation of worth, esteem, and confidence? Oh, goodness. Um, Yeah, that's a big question. But some things you can definitely do is... I mean, I'm going to repeat that one-on-one time because in that one-on-one time, those needs that we talked about, they are definitely seen. You're right there. You know, they are definitely heard. You ask questions and you get answers and you're going to have to have some courageous conversations in this time too. And that is when you show up and, you know, you first of all are very calm and then you're curious about what's happening and you connect with them through empathy. You mentioned earlier, um, you know, when we were talking about vulnerability that sometimes they're going to say, you just don't get it, mom. You were born, you know, ages ago. You just don't get it. Well, here's the thing. We are humans. We're all humans living a human, a a human um, experience right now. And we are going to understand humiliation. We're going to understand being embarrassed. We're going to understand being sad. And so it doesn't matter if I know for me, I didn't have a phone growing up and they have phones and they get all upset if, oh, I was left on red, like I was doing all this, right? You can empathize with, I understand there was this one time that 
I was waiting for someone to pick me up and they never came. And I sat at that window all day long. It was so sad and so pathetic um, uh, looking back because I was so wanting to have my worth validated by this person that was going to come pick me up and they never came. And so just understanding and them being seeing you as a person, not this judge that's sitting up on a throne, looking down at them saying, do this, do that, do this, do that, right? You're a person they can relate and connect to. So having that one-on-one time, but even more in that one-on-one time, connecting with them through your stories and their stories so they can understand you are a person that I can actually learn from. You're not just the, you know, the, the warden telling me what I can and can't do. Right. And there's a reason behind what I can and can't do, you know, because I said, so it's not going to fly anymore, guys. <laughs> we have to actually talk about why and show them the boundaries and the reasoning and the lesson behind there. So one-on-one time for sure, connecting with them and sharing your stories for sure. And then one other thing that we didn't touch on, but I would really encourage uh, you to have in these talks is helping them find some outside accountability and it can be so different. And this is something I teach in the, um, in the esteem or the value and appreciation level of this foundation, but having outside accountability inside accountability with developing your values and then your identity and building that, uh, is all really important in the, in the thought cycle that's going on because there's so much coming into our kids' brains today. There's so much, I mean, whether you give them a phone or don't give them a phone or whatever out in the world, there's so much going into their brains. And so helping them find that outside accountability. Now, I would encourage that outside accountability to be God or Jesus, right? But if they're not ready for that, or that doesn't speak to them right now, maybe it is something else. Maybe it is a historical fit uh, figure. Maybe it's a grandparent. Maybe it's you. Maybe it is uh, a fictional character, right? But ask them, who do you look up to and why? And really have those discussions with them. You will learn so much about the inner world of your child when you ask them that question and then help them massage that out to say, you know, would so-and-so be, you know, good with that thought process or that decision and uh, get to know them a little bit more on that, that plane. I know I asked you (laughs) on the spot to give us three things, but I think you did a great job. You said the one-on-one time connecting Mm -hmm. and sharing stories and help them find outside accountability. Yeah. Those seem like stuff we can do right away. Thank you. Goodness. I really do. I say, I feel like I say this with every guest because we always have such wonderful guests on here, (laughs) but I would love to have you back on and share. And for our listeners who feel the same way and they want to just keep learning from you and connect with you, maybe reach out to you, grab some of your things, where should they find you and go do all that? Um, I love to keep it simple. So everything is on my website, just nellyharden.com. I know parenthood is really, you know, messy and crazy. So might as well keep things simple that can be simple. So nellyharden.com, you can find all of our communities on there for the 6570 Family Project. That's how many days are in 18 years, by the way, Um, if you were wondering. And this is our greatest project is this 6,570 days. And you're the architect right? You are planning, designing, and building the beginning of someone else's life. And that's a really big deal. And it's a really humbling experience. And so you can find everything there. Thank you for that. Nellie, there was one thing you forgot about. Tell us about your Take the Lead program. 
Yeah. So Take the Lead is a beautiful program open for all parents raising daughters. Um, I know it's not for sons yet, but we'll get there. But there is a big difference between raising daughters and raising sons. And so Take the Lead is for all parents raising daughters. And it really walks you through the foundation, building that three-tiered foundation of worth, esteem, and confidence. I call it the WEC foundation. Exactly how to do that, exactly where it needs to be at the cross-section of that biology, psychology, faith, and culture, how those even collide. And then through the four keystone tools, right? Because you need tools to build things. And those tools um, that you need being vision, discipline, resilience, and vulnerability all there and everything is available to you and you have it throughout your entire experience as a parent raising a daughter, whether you get it when you're, you know, they're seven all the way to 18 or 17 all the way to 18 or 10 all the way to 18, because you will go through so many different seasons of parenting within that time zone that how you talk to her and what you need to talk to her about when she's 10 is going to be different at 12, different at 15, different at 17, et cetera. So this will always be with you. And there's so many amazing uh, parts in there and, and questions you can submit that I go on there and answer and videos to watch and uh, lessons and tutorials. So it's very dynamic and always growing. Is that a com- community you can jump or a course you can jump into at any time, but it always has an ongoing community? Yes, there is a community aspect to that as well. And that is uh, built right into the classroom. So you can talk amongst uh, parents, you can talk uh, with me as well. And yes, you can jump into it at any time. I wanted to make it as easy as possible. Uh, You know, like I said, parenting is hard enough. Let's make it easy where we can. And so, yeah, anytime you want. Absolutely. Nellie, before you go, I want you to share with us The one question I ask every guest, what's one thing helping your family stick together right now? Oh, I would probably say awareness um, of time, awareness of the clock right now, because my oldest just turned 18. Um, we're, We're a pretty close family. It's four sisters that were born within four years of each other, right? And so, you know, there was a time uh, that they all shared one room and, and, my oldest is going off to college in August. And so I would say right now, just awareness of the clock. There's a lot of, there's a lot of sister days happening uh, where they all get together and they go thrifting or go grab lunch together. They always have sister nights on Saturday nights and, and then our, our family being together around the table or wherever we go and we're a goofy bunch. And so we just like to have fun together, but yeah, awareness of the clock for sure. Oh, that's such a beautiful way to say that. And I, I totally get that. It changes your decisions, what you're going to do day to day, where you put your yeses and your nos when you're aware of the time. Oh, yeah. that's so sweet. Yep. Nellie, thank you so much for giving us your time today and sharing with us all your amazing knowledge about what we can be doing with our children to just lay this foundation even stronger and walk away with no regrets and knowing that we gave our children the best we could. And a reminder that that's not, if you're sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I should have done something different. It's okay. Nellie already told us, pick up where you are. Just start now. Our children, they see 
where we've been, we can make it a learning experience if we need to, and they can see what we desire to get to. And they, they will go with us. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for being here. Hopefully we get you back here soon. Oh, thank you so much for having me. For more stickers like the one you heard in this episode, visit togethermoments.com, shop all our products, sign up for our newsletter to receive all kinds of good information to help keep your family growing strong, and follow us at Together Moments. You can also find this sticker prompt written out in the show notes wherever you listen to this podcast and on our website at togethermoments.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and it does help you to gather moments and build your family stronger, please recommend it to a friend leave a review or simply tag us and let us know that you're listening. Thank you for making this ministry matter by being a family that sticks together.